For those of you who don't know me, I'm an elementary school teacher here in Brooklyn, uh, and I've had a career in education in some capacity over the past eight years. And this year, uh, I was hit by one of my students for the first time. I had the wind knocked out of me to the point that my ribs hurt and my diaphragm was still faintly sore as I lay in bed to go to sleep that night. And as my brain scrambled to identify what I was feeling and why, I landed on anger. Not toward the student, not toward myself, but at the place of disillusionment I sat in when all of the thoughts and emotions settled. I teach at a school with all the bells and whistles. It's intentionally integrated, diverse in race, economic status, learning abilities, two teachers in every classroom, a one to 100 student to counselor ratio, which is extremely low, <laughs> rigorous academics and progressive restorative discipline structures. Uh, earlier in my career, I spent two years covering over 500 public schools in New York City, so I know I'm at a gym. And yet every student of color, I mean every student in my school who needs one-to-one -one support is a student of color. I hadn't had a single student experience a suspension until this year, and they were both young black males. Fast forward two months from that initial incident I mentioned, and the same student who hurt me had three more suspensions for other incidents. How is this happening? A school and staff doing everything it possibly can to break the narrative had the same song being sung. It's not the school. It's not the staff. It's not the student. It's not the family. It's not the district. It's not the behavior policies. It's not the mayor. It's not the governor. And yet, somehow, it's everything. It's the often unspoken yet glaringly obvious inequities, prejudice, and injustice that permeate everything around us. I found myself in cyclical conversations about what could be better. How can education or poverty or inequities be fixed? Only to consistently land at, they can't. Or at least it felt that way. Our systems are broken. Too many hearts are broken. The world just felt broken. I had moments of true frustration this year. I feel it in my heart every day that I'm doing the right thing and the inequities I hope to impact matter. But when looking at the scope of the problem, I felt like a dainty Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Something that really resonated with me in church this year is when Russ defines sin as how something falls short of its intended purpose. I was reminded over and over again of the fall, that sin isn't just about making the right choices or avoiding a list of things, but rather the state of brokenness we all function in. There was a partial relief in the idea that all the brokenness that left me frustrated was bigger than me. And yet at other moments, even with the reminder that the brokenness was a part of the story and it was beyond something I could fix on my own, I still felt its weight and it was heavy. On another note, in 2017, I became a mother. Caring, giving birth, and now caring for my son has by far been the hardest thing I've ever done. Yet I sit and marvel of him and feel an inexplicable joy. I'm assuming there is very little else I can experience in life that is such a clear reminder that life is a miracle and a gift. His perfection is not my creation. 
All that he is and all he has the potential to become is undoubtedly beyond what I'm capable of creating or defining. In such a drastically different and joyous way, he was my, my reminder of God's presence and Christ's story. I feel blessed to be a part of his life and everyone else's. I feel blessed to have my own life and potential. The way he lights up my day every day reminded me of the light my husband brought into my world over nine years ago. A time when I was really sorting through my faith, he persistently showed up and was a living example of how my doubts were unfounded. Just being who he was brought me closer to Christ, and now every day the son we have, we are blessed to parent together, does the same. So as I look to 2018, in the midst of the brokenness that at times can feel so heavy, I've really prayed about being someone else's light. I pray that I can do my part to bring joy and love consistently into someone else's world. So, Hope Brooklyn, here's to bringing light into a world that can, at times, feel so broken. Thank you. So I think Christina Zapeta. There she is. Give it up for Christina as she comes up. Oh boy. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to stay in bed. <laughs> My son is teething, so it's been a little difficult. Some husband's like, I'll stay home with the kids. And you go, because you're sharing. And I was this close to say, you know what, just go. I'll stay with the kid. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's see. All right. Uh, when I think about 2017, this is what I remember. Being pregnant with my first boy. I love my boy. <laughs> For those parents that have boys and girls, there's something about a boy and his mama. I love my boy. Um, I have two girls, an 11-year-old. She's sitting over there. Shayana, say hi. And uh, she's gonna be three, Julie, in um, April. She's a firecracker. Uh, I remember being one tired mama, uh, pregnant, managing a toddler that stopped napping, um, and decided she wanted to get up in the middle of the night to drink milk. Um, having my third C-section and dreading the recovery. For those who've had surgery, it is not fun. Um, my lovely husband sharing the night shift with me so I could survive the newborn stage. So those who have little babies know that it's very difficult uh, the first three months. Um, another highlight of my 2017 was finally converting the baby to his crib. These things might seem minor to you guys, but it's huge for me. <laughs> um, having all the kids in the same room sleeping at the same time without waking each other up. I scored big time. <sighs> and my most recent decision, um, maybe the baby was about two months, um, to start working out again and eating healthy. I lost 11 pounds, I'm still going. I have a way to go. It's much harder um, with two little ones than it was with just Julie. Uh, so I'm human like everyone else. Um, I have my good days, I have my bad days. Um, and I can be very much consumed in my role as a mother. This is what I didn't want to do. <laughs> this always happens to me. I'm such a crybaby. 
Um, this particular day was a bad day. So I put, I put my headphones on and I was washing the dishes. He was in the living room with the kids and I'm like, I'm not dealing with any of this. So I put my headphones on and in that moment, <laughs> I remembered like what it was to be somewhere else for a moment. How much I needed the peace of, of God. How much I needed his presence and how much I lack him in my life, and that I can't do it on my own, even though I still try. Um, I thought back at that moment of how life used to be. At the age of 24, I became a single parent. It still hurts to talk about it. So I did that for eight years. All I wanted was a man that was gonna love me and love my daughter like his own. And that's hard to find. The chance to have more kids, I wanted more kids. And the ability to stay home with them. Um, cause I missed, I missed out on, you know, with my first cause I had to work. Um, and God is so good that he gave me all three. So that day for me was a reminder, a big reminder, to be thankful for all that God has given me, as crazy as life might get. It was a reminder that I don't have to do much to be in God's presence. He's always there waiting for me, looking for me to include him in my life. So Hope Brooklyn, Let's start this new year by not holding back a single moment of our lives from him. His presence is the best place we can be. And let's live every day with a heart of gratitude. That is it. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so I'm going to share as well um, just some reflections from 2017. Um, and when I was asked to do it, uh, for me, uh, I actually need to go back two years um, to 2016 and then share a little bit about 2017 as well. Uh, for me, 2016 was an extremely difficult year. Um, I had been on staff uh, at a church in Brooklyn for about eight and a half years. And Stephanie and I came to a place where we knew it was time for us to move on from that. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of reasons for it, um, but it was a really difficult decision and a really hard decision for me um, because it was something that I had cared so much about, uh, that I had poured my life into, that I had sacrificed so much for. And in making that decision and afterwards, you know, it's, it's easy to find yourself in a place where you question God, where you're frustrated, where you're angry, where you hate what happened. Um, you know, and I, I know for a lot of people here, like, you don't exactly, most people haven't worked at a church or been on staff at a church. But for me, uh, what that was, was that was sort of my dream. Uh, that's what I wanted to do uh, after college. I wanted to come and work with uh, 
teenagers in an urban environment and through sort of some connections wound up in Brooklyn. And uh, to come to a place where I had to move on from that dream was really hard and in some ways broke me. Um, and, it, you know, it was just extremely difficult to have to move on from that because of so, how much I'd given to it. And, you know, as, as reflecting on 2016 and then on to 2017, um, I guess just what I want to share is that uh, even in the midst of the frustration or the anger or the, just the difficult times you might go through, um, God's still there for you. Uh, he's going to be with you uh, for better days in the future. And for me and for Steph, I mean, 2017 has been a much different year than that. Um, you know, for us, obviously, having the birth of our first son, first son Kip, and uh, getting the joy of getting to be a father uh, is truly awesome. It's amazing, uh, you know, and all that. Uh, but also for us, I think, um, you know, 2017 has meant a lot for us just to be part of Hope Brooklyn. Uh, when we left the church we were at, you know, our thought was we need to go be part of a large church so we could disappear and just be, you know, anonymous for a while. And that's not what God had planned. Uh, through some connections, uh, we ended up here about in December of 2016 and just got involved in the beginning of 2017. And it's made a difference for us just to have a place where we could heal, where we could make friends, where we could serve and find joy and find hope again. And um, Hope Brooklyn, as you think about 2018, I just want to encourage you, you know, whatever frustrations you might have in your life, whatever anger that you might have, uh, give it to God. You know, uh, I, I was reflecting and just Psalm 46, 1 came to mind. And it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in our trouble. And uh, just in this new year, uh, trust that God will be there for you. Uh, he's been there for, for me so many times in my life, and just especially in the last two years. So thanks. Hey everyone, I'm Carmen. And I'm going to be honest with everyone. Um, when I was asked to do this, I didn't want to. Because every time I come up here, I cry. So we're going to try not to cry today. Um, so I'm just going to give you guys a backstory. Because um, a lot of people don't really like know me, but don't really know me. Um, so I have been separated for two years, kind of. A lot of people are shocked, like their faces are shocked. Yes, I'm technically married. So um, I would have been married for nine years uh, with my partner for 13 years. Um, and it's been a long, difficult road. And this year, thankfully, um, I'm in the forgiving phase, like letting go. And that was very hard. And it still is. I held a lot of resentment 
anger, frustration, um, fear. And uh, fear was definitely the biggest uh, because I had a child and what that was going to look like. I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be my parents. But you know, um, in this year, I have chosen, even though I didn't want to, because when you're angry, you don't want to forgive or let go. You want to hold on to that because you feel validated to do so. And um, one day, I can't really tell you exactly what day it was that I was like, I gotta let it go and forgive this person. Um, and uh, even though I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to. Um, I would say, okay, God, I said one day, and I said, God, I forgive this person, even though I didn't. Through gritted teeth, I was like, I forgive them. Um, now, please, God, help me genuinely say that. Come to a point of genuinely feeling and um, meaning that I forgive them. And I am there now, and I could not have done that alone. It was God who did that for me. Um, I could be in the same place as this person and not feel angry anymore. Um, and the healing process that went with that, just being able to let go of the situation, being able to forgive has been such a tremendous blessing for me. Because the moment that I did that is when God really started to bless me. Um, I have an amazing job. Um, my son goes to an amazing school um, that I didn't think he was going to get into, but he did. Um, I have an amazing support system. Um, I have been able to see just tremendous love and um, God has continued to put people in my life that would have never expected to make such a difference. And um, it was because of that letting go and forgiving. So, um, Hope Brooklyn, I hope that if you are holding any sort of resentment, anger, unforgiveness to somebody, even though it doesn't feel like that, like you don't want to forgive them, you will get there. Um, and I hope that you guys can do the same and let go of whatever it is you are holding on to. Because once you let go, once you forgive, that's when God starts to make huge changes and steps in your life. And that's pretty much it.
So, to a good new year. <laughs> invite the band back up. You know, as we, uh, as we listen to these stories, I think the, the common theme that ran through it as I was listening is that the world is broken and every part of it. We are broken. Um, lives are complex. And um, the church, we are not the perfect people. We actually are the broken people, knowing that we're broken, showing up together and supporting one another, coming to the table and remembering that we are part of a story and we serve a God who is not unfamiliar with our brokenness, but who actually came and became broken himself in solidarity. And so the encouragement for all of us is not to run away from our brokenness and from the brokenness in this place, but to mourn it, to mourn it together, to mourn it as a family, and to cast our eyes to the one who took it all on himself unto death and who did not stay dead, but was raised to life. We serve a God who raises the dead, and that's our hope as well. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we give thanks for Michelle and Christina and Dan and Carmen for their presence in this family. We give thanks for the way you've worked in their lives. You've worked in very painful ways. I'm reminded of the, uh, of the Saint, Saint Teresa of Avila, who also, you worked in her, in her life in very painful ways. And, and she wrote one time, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. You refuse to leave us as we are. You promise life in abundance but it comes through the cross. Lord, for each person here in this room, 2017 has been tough. I pray right now that they don't hide their hearts from you, but they expose them to you. They lay them bare. They say, see how broken I am. Here's what I'm really afraid of, God. Here's what I'm still really struggling to forgive. Here's where my anger boils over. Here's what makes me cry with incredible sorrow. Don't hide it from him. He sees it. And Jesus, our prayer is that we would take your gospel, your good news, even more seriously this next year. That we would not think that we have to hide from you, but that we can fully face up 
scars and all, and allow you to do what only you can do, which is to enter in, to kiss, to heal, and to make new. You're the God who raises the dead. You're the God who raises the dead. You're the God who raises the dead. You take broken things and you make beautiful things from them. You take broken things and you make beautiful things from them. And they still maintain their scars. There's still marks that remind us that once it was broken, but it no longer has power over us. We're no longer afraid or ashamed of the scars. Now we boast in them, as Paul says. I boast in my weakness. For when I am weak, then Christ is strong. Lord, would you make each person here in Hope Brooklyn as a collective, would you make us truthful in that? Would you give us the courage to actually trust your good news? to lean into it, to take those steps of faith. And when we feel like there's no way I can do it alone, to know that they have brothers and sisters sitting right beside them who will hold their arms up, who will do it with them. That is the gift of the church. That is the gift of your people. Lord, your intent was that through this people, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms, according to your eternal purpose that you have accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we can approach you, God, with freedom and with confidence. Therefore, I ask you not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, because they are for your glory. And for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he can strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know that this love surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Hope Brooklyn, do you believe that? 
Do you believe that the God that you serve or the God you're, you're curious about following is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine? Like your, your biggest prayers for yourself, God has even bigger ones in mind. Those audacious goals where you're like, there's no way I could be healed of this. There's no way I could set down this idol. There's no way I could let this addiction go. God is saying, not only will you let it go, but you're going to teach your brothers and sisters about it. God is able to do immeasurably more than what you can even imagine for yourself. Would you claim that? As scared as you are, Will you say, yes, Lord, do it. I'll follow. Will we follow him together? Lord, that's our prayer for this church. Will you do immeasurably more than what we can imagine that you would do for Hope Brooklyn? Will you make this a place where those who are far from you will encounter you in 2018? Will you make this a place where judgment has no place here but love overflowing exercise through sacrifice for one another. Well, that, that is seen. Will you make this a place where forgiveness is tangibly experienced? Jesus, will you pour out your Holy Spirit in abundance in Hope Brooklyn in 2018? That the, that the witness of everyone here is I was blind and now I see. I was deaf, now I hear. I was lame, now I walk. I was dead. I was dead, and now I have new life. Only you can do that, Lord. We cannot do that. We cannot manufacture it. We cannot pray hard enough for it. We cannot will ourselves to that place. Only you can do it. And so we pray on the basis of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Will you do immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine? Just take a moment, church, and in your own hearts right now, will you talk to God? Will you confess? Will you open up? Tell him what you're afraid of. Tell him what you're afraid to let go of. Tell him that idol. Confess it. Just open up and say, Lord, will you do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine? us the prayers you want us to pray. Show us the path you want us to walk. Jesus, we do not know you in order to follow you. We follow you so that we can know you. We follow you so that we can know you. In 2018, we say yes, Lord, to following you fully with our whole hearts and minds. We're going broke for you. We're going broke for this family. We're going broke for the, the roads you've laid out for us. 
this is your church. This is your family, Jesus. Come be our king. Come lead us. It's in your name.